I'm Naomi Castro, and this is a special episode of the Castro Pod Leadership in Times of Crisis. On March 19, 2020, Governor Gavin Newsom instituted a shelter in place order across California due to the rapid spread of COVID 19. Schools and colleges closed down their face to face classes, rapidly moving instruction and support services online. I reached out to a few of the college leaders I'd interviewed last year to see how they're doing. This special episode includes interviews with Dr. Ricky Shabazz, president of San Diego City College, Dr. Regina Stanbeck-Stroud, chancellor of the Peralta Community College District, and we start off with Dr. Keith Curry, president of Compton College. Thank you again for joining me. It's about seven in the morning on Thursday, April 2nd. And uh, President Curry, how long have how, how long have we been in this shelter in place? Do you do you remember? I think it's been since like March sixteenth. Yeah. So my my last official day on campus was March seventeenth. Uh, no, I'm sorry, March twentieth. Uh, I closed the campus March twentieth at twelve o'clock p.m. Gotcha, gotcha. And since then, and it, it feels like it was overnight. We've moved. <laughs> all of our classes to online. Yeah. And it's, uh, I, I get, I, you know, I, I would say we moved our classes to alternative instructional methods. Uh, some of our uh, classes, some are, the shells are really good. Some are not. You have some faculty members who have never uh, taught online, had to make the adjustment. So it's going to be a, it's going to be a struggle for faculty and also for students to adjust to this new reality. Um, but it also, this new reality brings uh, a whole lot of opportunities, right? Yeah. And I think that's what's missing from the conversation right now is how do we think about the new reality of our work and the needs of our students, especially as you start talking about equity, right? Mm-hmm. Now, equity should be at the forefront regards to COVID-19 because a lot of these we've been talking about for the last two years regards to housing, food insecurity, mental health, uh, transportation, and technology are at the forefront of this conversation as we made this traumatic shift to online instruction. How spe- Speaking of which, um, I-, I know a lot of colleges have done this. I'm faculty at Compton, so I get all the updates. Um, h- how many laptops have you loaned out so far? Uh, we purchased 700. So far, we gave out uh, 154 on Monday. We have another give out this week, uh, tomorrow. We're expecting to give out another 200. Uh, what, what was disappointing was that we had uh, 94 students who did not make it on that Monday mm. to pick up their laptops. And the reason why I say it's disappointing because we know they need it. Yeah. But also, too, the, we, we have to go at the, the need of our students. Some students have the fear of uh, what's going on. Uh, some students have family uh, issues they're dealing with, so they're not able to make it. And so we're trying something today with the student, which I, I think if it works out well, we're going to do that. We'll be able to mail the computers to the students. Wow, that would be that would probably be really helpful. I, I know one of my students got one of the laptops and he's just so excited about it. He's an older gentleman going back to school. And uh, yeah, he, this, this, this is a game changer for him. Yeah, but we also have to look at different ways, right? So yeah. that's why the mailing of the computer, we're doing it today. We're set, Everything's been set up for a student who couldn't make it. And so we're trying to see how this goes because that's going to be a part of the model, right? Yeah. Where you, you, you're able to set up a student's computer remotely mm-hmm. and they're able to be provided with that tech support as well. That's fantastic. That's fantastic. Well, I, I do want to ask you a few questions. Um, so this is a special episode. Um, I'm hoping to push this one out really quickly uh, because, you know, we're, we're in this crisis all across the world, really. Um, and, and one of the things I, I was thinking about was in California, we prepare a lot, right? So we prepare for earthquakes. We see fire seasons that have gotten worse every year. And so we're affecting, especially affecting our community colleges. So we've been preparing for that. So how much of the response uh, from you and your team for this recent, you know, crisis, how much of it was something that you had imagined and, and were prepared for? Uh, I, I have never imagined this, right? So I can't say that we were, like, ready for this. Um, 
I will say that we had a we had our mercy operations plan that we just finished in February. We've been working on it for the last year and a half. So that that helped. And then we also had a pandemic outbreak plan that we were working on uh, at, in February, and we're we're done with it in early March. And so, uh, for me, it's all about having these plans and be able to refer to the plans and understand your operational level. What happens and what has happened, and I've seen this the last couple of weeks, is that colleges are making a lot of decisions. And, and, and I want to say it's a negative thing based off of the, the crisis and making crisis decisions, but you have to go back to your plan. And so for me, I've been trying to stay with the plan because the plan is what works and then not get too caught up in, oh, the governor made this announcement now. You got to shift. Trying mm-hmm. to understand where you're at as an institution and making the right decisions based off your plan and not based off of uh, different uh, things that are coming out. Did that make sense? Because it totally, totally makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's, it's 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 fascinating, and I and I give you the story that when uh, LA Unified made the decision to close down on that Friday, I want to say it was the thirteenth. Yeah. Uh, every other K twelve district made a decision to close as well, and the county, LA County School Office of Education, made the same decision about we recommend schools close down. Uh, for a couple of weeks after LA Unified made a decision that morning at seven o'clock. And so I was in contact with my local K-12 district superintendents the whole week saying, hey, what are you doing? Where are you at? Get Just try to get a sense. But then, then Friday, so all the way up to Friday, then everything changed. And so I had people on my campus saying, Dr. Curry, you need to close down. And I said, you know, we have a plan. Uh, we're not ready to close down yet, but I understand what our K-12s are doing, but we're not ready to say we're officially online. Cause we had training for faculty we had to do. We also had to do a survey to students regards to technology needs. So we weren't ready to go all the way to close down. And so I, so some people were not happy with that decision, but I'm glad we did that because we were able to gather some data from students, but also officially prepare to be able to uh, take a week off uh, that next week on that, on that Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday to provide training for our faculty and also allow them to have division meetings prior to the training. And so I, I think it worked out well, but what I'm getting at is that when you have a plan, you should be able to follow that plan. And there's gonna be other outside dynamics that's gonna make you wanna shift what you're trying to do. But I think we gotta always follow the plan and just t- and gather as much information as possible and try to make the right decision, but try not to make the decisions based off emotion and what other people are doing. You have to make sure you're doing what's right for your institution. And that is the hardest thing to do in this job, right? Because you have a lot of pressure that's coming every day, especially during this epidemic, that you have to decipher, okay, what do I do in this situation? And if you make a decision based off emotion, it could it could have some other consequences, that you unintended consequences that you did not know about because it wasn't based off your plan. Mm-hmm. And, 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 that's always my fear is the unintended consequences. So is that what your advice to other college leaders would be right now? Stick, stick to your plan, follow your plan. And stick to my, my advice right now is to stick to your plan and follow your plan and uh, stick to your plan, follow your plan. Also it's about communication. One of the things that I've realized uh, the last couple of weeks is the need for you to communicate your communicate what's going on the campus. So I was doing for the last two and a half weeks, I've been doing a daily communication to the students, to the faculty staff, and then also to the community through my everyday updates, which are also posted on the web. So my advice is one, have your plan. Uh, two, have communication, we're communicating out to your uh, constituent groups of what's happening and also what decisions are being made. The third thing is to make sure that you're meeting with your management team. One of these I've been doing for the last two and a half weeks is at eight o'clock in the morning and also five o'clock in the evening, I meet with my management team. One, to prepare for the day, and then two, to reflect on the day. And then we get ready for what's going to happen the next day. So we do that every day from eight and also at five o'clock p.m. Also, I think it's important that people delegate assignments and tasks because as a president or a senior leader in this time, you can't do it all. So you need to delegate what's going to happen to your people and then and then follow back up with them because there's so much that's going on. You need to delegate. Uh, 
The next thing I recommend is you establish a budget. You have to have a budget set up for what you're going to do in this in this in this time of need. So uh, at our March 17th board meeting for Compton Community College District, not only did we do an emergency resolution that gave the president CEO additional authority to make changes, we also set aside a budget of five hundred thousand dollars as relates to coronavirus. So that's how we're able to purchase laptops, computers. We're also able to utilize funding for that for additional training for our faculty and our staff. So we, we set aside a budget for that. And so that, that's important as well. The next thing that I recommend is you have to have that authority from the board of trustees to be able to make decisions in a timely manner. And that was something that we were able to do on March 17th. And, and that, that has helped us a lot because we're making more, uh, we're able to make effective decisions when you can in a timely manner. And then also stay in close communication with um other offices, such for in California, the California Community College Chancellor's Office, also your K-12 districts, and also the uh, Los Angeles County Office of Education. You have to be in communication to find out what they're doing and how they're dealing with some of these decisions. And so my points, uh, as I mentioned, I'm going to give it to you one more time, is one, uh, have a plan uh, at your institution. Two, uh, communication. Make sure you have ongoing communication with your uh, faculty, staff, and constituent groups, and also the community. Uh, we also post our communication on our website, and then also post things on social media. Also, delegate assignments and tasks because you can't do everything. Establish a budget. Uh, as I mentioned, you have to have, even though we, we found out about the CARES Act last week, we set aside funding at Compton. So I was able to, we're able to move a lot faster because we set aside money and we're able to execute. Uh, based off that plan. Also request authority from your board as a college president, you have more authority during this time of crisis. Um, meet with your management team. I said that, uh, I think that's important that you meet with your management team and then stay in close communication with your external groups like the chancellor's office in California, the um, local K-12 districts as well. That's solid advice. That is solid advice. I will uh, I'll, I'll make an accompanying list in the show notes for the podcast. Um, I, I do have I do have one last question. I know we're we're at time. Um, uh, okay, cool, cool. Uh, what are you spoke about this just a little bit early when we when we first um, opened up the conversation? What are some possible positive outcomes of this crisis? Oh, so some possible positive outcomes. One is there's there's a lot of positive outcomes. One is the use of technology and how you provide technology to your students and also to your staff. Uh, it brought more, and I already understood the technology issues that we had with our students, but also now I understand it with our employees. So now as we move forward with implementing our Compton 2024 technology plan, we want to make sure every staff has a docking station and everyone has a laptop. So no longer the desktop computers. Uh, we want to make sure if somebody has to go remotely, you can automatically just take your laptop with you. Now all of our staff have had the opportunity to pick up laptop computers the last three weeks. So we've been providing laptop computers. The next phase of laptops I'm providing is to my maintenance operations department. Mm. So everyone will have technology in their hands. So that brought to light the issue. The other issue is making sure that you have, uh, we use Microsoft 365. We also have a server where students, people are able to put their documents on, but we're giving more people, we gave more people remote access to our system to be able to uh, gather their documents and they can work from home. So we learned that that was helpful. Uh, the third thing was, uh, I'm really impressed with uh, my student services division and how they're able to implement online student services within two weeks. And this was a accreditation recommendation from 2017 about providing online student services. And so it took us a little bit of time, but we got it done within two weeks. And, that, and that's a positive. And now we can expand on that and how we provide services to students online. That's amazing. I, one of the one of the predictions that I have is that I, I think because of the online access, even if we when we go back to doing more face to face, I think that um, student services is going to serve across the country. It's going to serve more students because their online will be ramped up. And, and then all that did update it. But, but also, too, I, I will put out there is that this this epidemic for me. Uh, as a college president, I've been watching a lot of the online, the Cal Bright, Cal, Cal Bright College, 115 California Community College, and also the OEI, the Online Educational Initiative in the state of California, and looking at how those two work. And so I've been, I've been, I have initiated conversations with both of them regards to the future. As me, for me as a leader, 
I understand this crisis and I get it. And I, I what I mean by I get it, I get that we have to be safe, keep our people at home. I totally get that. But at the same time, I'm looking at the next five to 10 years of where we need to be, right? And so I'm already initiating conversations with other groups now regards to once we come out of this, what does our institution look like, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think that's what we need to, as leaders. See, a lot of times we get focused as leaders, we focus in on the right now. You, you still have to focus on the right now, but you also have to think about the next three to five years and what impact the right now is going to have the next three to five years. If you look at what's happening with the epidemic, individuals are losing their jobs. Now, when individuals lose their jobs, going on unemployment, looking for extra benefits, what's going to happen? There's going to be a surge of individuals who want to go to California community colleges. Now that you know that you're going to have that surge, what type of support are you going to be providing for those individuals for next fall? And some of these individuals are not going to be equipped and ready for online instruction. Mm. So what does that look like? So you're going to have a flood of individuals coming back. There's going to be a lot of focus on online because we don't know what's going to happen in the next 12 months. Right. We don't know. So you're going, to, you're going to be, you'll have a, at any point, you might have flipped back to remote instruction. So we need to be thinking about the next three to five years, what is going to happen to our institutions, but also with the economy. And there's going to be a flood of individuals coming back to school who are not going to have some of the skills to be successful and also the technology in their hand to be successful. And we have to figure out, we have to be prepared for those individuals. So I mentioned that I have to be prepared, starting conversations with OEI and also with Calbright. I'm also looking at, I'm also looking at setting up, making sure that every single student at our campus gets a laptop computer. And I got to figure out what that looks like. Uh, that's important to me because our students have technology in their hands, but also we need to make sure that our students are able to have uh, internet access at their home or remotely. Uh, we Sometimes we say home, but we don't know some of our students have housing, food insecurity, or homeless. Mm-hmm. So the question is how can we make sure they have remote access to internet? So if a student is sleeping in their cars or they're couch surfing, they can be able to have some type of mobile internet that they can be able to take with them wherever they go. But we have to think about that. We have to think about how we provide tutoring services online, especially for students in CTE and also the science class that have the labs. How do you provide that support where the students on campus, but they need that extra help? How can they be able to dip, be able to do that lab at home? What does that look like? So those are the types of things that are in my mind right now as we go through this uh, epidemic and thinking about, okay, how do we come out of it? Because Compton has 114th California Community College my goal is that we're, we're at the table for these new innovative conversations because the needs of our students, which we're serving uh, African-American and Latinx students, those, that need is going to be high. And we need to be ready for those students. Well, I'm really glad you're thinking about all of that. I, uh, I myself had a hard time thinking past the next couple of months. So uh, that, that instills a level of, of security and confidence. So thank you very much. Um, any any final thoughts? Yeah, I, I, I need the, my final thoughts are right now is the time in, in crisis is the time for leaders to step up. And I truly believe that. I think that as we go through this crisis, the, our college presidents, vice presidents, uh, classified faculty leaders, all leaders have to step up. And, and I think we are, we're stepping up and we're having some difficult conversations, but the, at the end of the day, it's about the success of our students. And so we need to continue to step up and understand that uh, this crisis is not going anywhere. And also we need to continue to move our institutions forward. It's scary. It's scary times. Because it's something that we've never seen before, right? Right. You might have seen this in a movie, like, oh, that's never going to happen, right? But now we're actually living in this environment, and it, it's scary. Like, I'm worried about my employees. I'm worried about my students. I'm worried about what's happening in the community. I'm reading every day in the LA Times about the coronavirus. I'm looking at the numbers from the Department of Public Health uh, in LA County. Also look at the statewide numbers. And it is scary. It's scary. However, our students need us more now than have they ever needed us before. They need to know that we're here for them and we're here to be we're supportive of them and they need us. And so I've been getting a lot of emails from my students because obviously a lot of emails out to students regardless of what's going on. 
I'm finding out issues regarding students' financial aid. Students are caught. One student emailed me yesterday said, this is scary. And I responded back, yes, it is. However, you got to stay focused on your academics. So I'm having more interaction with students these days because of all the emails we're sending out in communication. And they're coming to me as the, I'm like their last hope. And so I'm trying to respond to those emails in a timely manner, but they need us. And we can't be absent to them. How, uh, how's the food pantry going? So the food pantry with the uh, shutdown, I had to do a couple of different things. We're looking at, we have a new partnership with Every Table, not new, but it's our partnership where students are able to pick up meals from Every Table. And I want to expand that to other businesses within our community. And that's something we're working on the next three weeks is looking at other business partnerships because students are not going to be able to come to our food pantry to pick up food. Yeah. But if we're able to get partnership with these businesses where students are able to show their ID and they're able to get food, then that will work. And so we're going to be reaching out to some other businesses within our community to make that happen for our students. Where they're able to show their student ID card and pick up a meal. So every table, we got about 30 meals per day. We want to jump into 300 meals per week. But the goal, we have to make sure students are informed about the partnership with every table. So we have a press release that's coming out today to do more information. We're doing more things on social media and also including emails to students. But we need to let them know that they can pick up a meal from every table with their Compton College ID. That's great. That's great. But uh, as we move forward, we need to do more of those partnerships within our community because our students need to be able to have access to food within the community and they can be able to pick it up. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, this has exposed a lot of a lot of our weak places and uh and now we can we we've got the opportunity to make them stronger. So close that net. And if we don't close the net, who who uh, who will? Yeah. Yeah, it's us. It's us. Uh, President Curry, I, I, I know you've got an, a really long day ahead of you, um, so I'll, I'll let you go now, but I wanted to thank you so very much. Thank you for your leadership in this time. Thank you. Ricky Shabazz, president of San Diego City College. Hello, President Shabazz. Thank you. Thank you for joining me. How are you? I'm doing well. Can you can you hear me? Yes, yes. We we are Perfect. good now. This is a this is a new a new world of of audio um, capturing away from my my fancy microphones and digital recorder. <laughs> but uh, but th- again, thank you for thank you for taking this call. I I did have some questions for you now that we're kind of catching our breath just a little bit. Um, We've been under the shelter in place order for a couple, we're going on week three, I think. And uh, uh, I, I'm wondering, as a college president, I know you you plan for emergencies. You know, we've had the, we, we had the Santa Barbara fires uh, last year and the year before all over the state, not just Santa Barbara, to really kind of get us in that preparedness kind of mindset but I'm, I'm wondering how much of your response at San Diego City College is something that you had imagined and, and were prepared for? You know, uh, Naomi, there, there really is no planning or playbook or training or education that you can draw upon for matters like this. Uh, I've been in some very interesting, compelling uh, experiences uh, at Compton, certainly uh, going to a college that had lost its accreditation. Uh, at San Bernardino, I was there in the midst of the terrorist attack and had to lead efforts with my colleagues to reschedule finals because it happened during our finals week. Um, but there's no amount of training that can prepare you for a pandemic. Uh, and again, I have to give all the accolades to my colleagues at the college, the faculty and their leadership, the classified professionals and their leadership, our supervisors, administrators. You know, there are opportunities in the midst of crisis. I don't like to think in those terms, but certainly this is a crisis. And people have banded together in ways that uh, many of us would have never imagined. And, and, And in fact, we are having people teach online um, in, in, in ways that we had not imagined a week or two weeks ago. Um, and people are resilient in the face of these emergencies. And so we're seeing uh, and learning as we, as we go, because as I mentioned already, there is a playbook for this. And so we're, we're creating this plane or this shit as, as it has left 
uh, the port or gotten in the air and and we're just doing our best to keep things afloat in a literal and figurative uh, sense. <laughs> yeah, so so you you've moved all your classes online, correct? Online, and, and, and I'm not sure that I'm comfortable saying online. We're saying alternative. Um, we respect academic freedom in that um, online is not necessarily the best modality for every uh, class. And so we're leaving it up to the professionals. And that's what our faculty are. They're professionals. And so um, we're seeing innovation and creativity in ways that many of us could never have imagined. So um, I, I prefer alternative modes of instruction overall. But I'd say by and large, the probably easiest conversion, and I use the term E uh, very loosely, uh, is to go to platforms like Zoom and, and others. Uh, but we are seeing a number of creative ways that uh, include um, Scantrons, work packets, um, FaceTime Live. Matter of fact, our, our counselors are doing Instagram Live uh, uh, today as, as we speak. Wow. 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 That's incredible. Yeah. Yeah. Anybody uh, taking to Twitter? I know you're on Twitter. You know, we, we, we're seeing all of those platforms of social media used to help engage in conversations with our campus community. So certainly, um, so social media is a platform as well. Fantastic. And so, so you, you mentioned there were, you know, you, you can't really prepare for this, but you've got an amazing team. So you, you, you trust in your team. Um, how, how many surprises or what were the surprises that have come out of this so far? Things that you just were like, wow, where did that come from? Both, you know, in, in anything that's, that's concerning, but also the positive stuff. Well, I'll start with the positive. The surprise is that you can move an organization um, as large as ours. We're a medium-sized college with around 18,000 students. Uh, to see it move to alternative forms of instruction in a week and a half is it, it, something that I have to step back and be in awe about. Uh, and to do so with very little... Um, missteps, so to speak. I'm sure we have had missteps, and I can talk about those as, as well in terms of learning. But for the most part, folks have been so engaging and so positive that this is the right thing to do under the circumstances so that we take everyone's health and safety um, at heart of how we move uh, forward and, and that we forged forward in this whole new reality that um, will be something we have to consider uh, moving forward in our planning efforts and our scheduling efforts is that, you know, all the reports are such that uh, we may have to do this again in the fall. And so in terms of surprises, that would probably be the surprise. Um, other things is uh, involve the use of technology. Um, you know, we're hearing from um, our faculty that entire classes are showing up on Zoom and, and other modes of instruction. Uh, so it shows how resilient our students are. Uh, I have also very surprised at what you still need to do in terms of business operations related to working remotely. So you still need to go to campus for mail. You still have deliveries. You have financial aid checks for those students who don't have an address or who may be couch surfing or impacted by homelessness and or hunger and or basic needs. So been surprised at the creative ways, you know, we're calling students saying, look, give us an address that you are comfortable with us sending a check. And uh, my great team in administrative services mailed out 300 financial aid checks last week to students who um, frankly, we didn't want to come on campus as it relates to social distancing and also the safety of, of our staff. Yeah, yeah, that's amazing. That's, the, yeah. The, the, the creativity that folks are, are coming up with is just, it's, uh, it's mind-blowing. Um, I'm wondering if there are other college presidents listening in to this uh, interview, uh, and maybe the, the situation is a little bit different at their college, or, or maybe they're, I don't know, second-guessing themselves, what advice would you have for them right now? That you can never communicate enough. 
you know, I worked on a, we were just returning from spring break today and I worked on an email communication this morning and it's long. And frankly, I'm okay with it being long because people have questions, people have concerns, uh, people want engagement at a level um, that keeps them informed. Um, and so sending out a message, I've been sending out a message once every other day. Now I'm going to cut back, but this is changing so rapidly that the moment I hit send, I, I've got an update or I watch a news conference or I participate in a news conference. And so uh, people want to be informed and we've got to figure out multiple ways to inform them. We have an app called the Live Safe app. And so we're using many different modes of communication. Certainly email is probably the quickest, but we're all using our social media platforms and an app called the LiveSafe app. My advice again would be that there is never enough communication that a president or a vice president can use. Uh, secondly, um, we, we offered a Zoom for students, staff. So we, you know, we have, different constituency groups that want to have their own town halls. Now, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of on the fence about that. I'd rather just do one, but I, I did learn a lesson in that when we offered our town hall for students, I think about two weeks ago now, um, we had a large number of faculty and staff that logged on too, and I had to make an appeal for, to them to log off because they utilized all the bandwidth for the, the, the students. Uh, and we wound up scheduling one for faculty and staff a day later. Uh, so there's a lot to learn. We made some missteps in ter- terms of the security or what we now know, know is a breach of security with Zoom and that people are able to log on. But um, lastly, the other thing that I learned from those town halls is that there's the expectation that uh, we operate in a news environment, meaning some of my students and, and, and employees in photography and journalism said, hey, why didn't you use the studios? Uh, well, this is organic focus. This is, this is you know, there's a, there's a saying in one of my favorite rap songs that the revolution won't be televised. Well, in this sense, it will be televised, but maybe not to the degree that we're we're not CNN, we're not you know, any of these news outlets. And so it's very organic where we're doing this thing. We sent our employees home. And so we did the the town halls in the conference room and it was horrible lighting. There was no backdrop, there was no media. And our goal was very simply to answer questions and we accomplished that. Uh, but we, you know, we, we got some, we received some criticism and we'll take that and learn from it. Um, I did have one last question because I, I promised we'd keep this short because sure. I imagine you're working, what, 18, 20-hour days now? Well, I, I'm definitely working 14 to 16 hours, and I took my first pay uh, uh, in a literal since um, last Friday was Cesar Chavez, and, and I went out to the lake. I love to fish when I'm not working, and so I took hours and uh, went to one of the only lakes that's open in Southern California, because that's the other thing is we are working long hours, I think coming off of a, of all nearly a three week straight working and, and my vice presidents are doing the same. And, you know, mental health is important during this period. Not only are we worried about the virus as it relates to, you know, our physical health, but our mental health is important too. Yeah. So well, not quite 18 to 19 hours, but I'm definitely okay. working 14 to 16 a day. Well, I know you're working through the weekend too, so it'll average in there. <laughs> yeah. So what are, I mean, you're one of the most positive people uh, I think I've met. Um, and uh, and you always have a really uh, forward-looking, positive, you know, kind of outlook on, on everything. So in the middle of this crazy, weird crisis, um, I'm wondering what are some potential positive outcomes? Yeah, there are so many, um, and in no particular order, one of the positive things is just to be able to step back and see how much of an amazing team I have, Um, how creative, innovative, supporting, and just loving students. You know, most of what we're doing, the core, the glue, if you will, is just our love for supporting students and changing um, their lives. And so you really get to see how many people really do love their jobs. You know, we're having to tell our employees to stay home because many of them want to come uh, come to work. Uh, the other thing that will be and has been a positive outcome is just how 
creative our faculty are and can be in offering alternative forms of instruction. You know, I see them helping one another. You know, you have folks who are in various levels of comfort with online or Canvas or other platforms. And, you know, we offer professional development and it really was our faculty who stepped in, who have expertise in these areas that were willing to help their colleagues. And so I've been following um, just how creative people have become, but how comfortable people have become in short order. And then lastly, just how flexible people can be in the face of a pandemic and in the face of an emergency where the common goal is to just be flexible and to do their best, right? We're not, we have no intentions of duplicating or emulating in-person instruction in a week and a half. That, that, that is not what we're asking or, or requiring. The only thing we're asking and requiring is to do the best that one can in the face of an emergency. And so for the most part, I haven't received a single negative email from anyone, student, uh, classified professional. It's all been, how can I help? What role can I play? And it makes me very proud of the team that I get to serve with at San Diego City College. Well, I've had a, a little experience with working with some of your faculty and counselors there, and I just have to echo it. They're, they're wonderful folks. You've got a great team. Um, uh, Dr. Shabazz, uh, thank you so much for this. Um, I'm going to do my best to get this out like within the next week because um, I think people across the state would be really reassured by your words and the, and the other um, leaders that we're talking to. So, so thank you. Stay no, thank healthy. You likewise. Stay sane. <laughs> Keep That's doing important. the great work. Well, likewise, and I appreciate the opportunity. And if there's anything else I could do, you know how to get a hold of me. I sure do. Thank you so much. Take care. Likewise. Bye-bye. Regina Stanbeck-Stroud, Chancellor of the Peralta Community College District. Good morning, Chancellor Stanback Stroud. How are you this morning? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. I um, got up and, you know, started getting ready for my marathon Zoom day. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yeah. How, how are you managing that? <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, you know, it's actually, you know, one of the things that I mentioned when you asked me about surprises, uh, just adjusting to, you know, kind of working at home and you know, it's uh, not as easy I thought it, as I thought it would be. I got to go back to work so I can get some rest. Yeah, right, 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 right. Well, uh, th thank you for taking the time this morning. I, I very much appreciate it. It's about seven in the morning, Thursday, April 9th. Um, the, the state has been on <clears throat> shelter in place for uh, just outside of three weeks now. And you are a brand new chancellor at a multi-college district. Um, wow. <laughs> 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 wow. Um, I, I've had some other um, wonderful college leaders uh, uh, take some time in this in this moment of crisis to, to share some insights. And uh, the first thing I'm, I'm asking all of them is, you know, we saw our friends at, at other colleges uh, have some some crazy, uh, you know, last minute responses to fires the last few years. Mm -hmm. And we've had earthquakes and we've had shooters on campus and and so we've seen our colleagues um you know it, uh, operate in these moments and uh so so my question my first question is how much of the response um uh that you <coughs> and, your, and your colleagues are putting together right now is something that you imagined and and you were prepared for well um well, uh, thanks, Naomi. Uh, you, you're absolutely right. Um, no matter how much we do or experience or watch others experience, um, it is it is uh, difficult uh, to imagine what you would do when you're in it. But there are a few things that um, that we do and and know and prepare ourselves for, so that we'll be in the you know have the best possible outcome. So if you ask me about how much I was prepared personally, then, you know, I would say that in terms of leadership and, you know, kind of mindset, focus and attention, you know, those types of things, I felt pretty prepared or I feel like I've, I've been pretty prepared. Um, you know, 
trained in the uh, incident command structure. I'm NIM certified. I'm, you know, I'm a former ER nurse. I, you know, so I've, I've had different types of responsibilities and different types of uh, activations of emergency operations centers and uh, because of earthquakes or, you know, uh, flooding or whatever it might have, whatever the de- disaster might have been at, in the organization. So, you know, in terms of, of that kind of <clears throat> preparation, you know, I have that and, and feel confident in that. Uh, but in terms of the preparation, just overall organizationally, and maybe a little bit of psychological preparation for this, um, then I would say that I, I there was uh, much of my response that um, I wasn't prepared for. So, for an example, I'm in a new I'm in an organization that's new to me, and it was the hell of a time to find out that the technological infrastructure that we have, you know, wasn't uh, wasn't at the level that would allow for us to, you know, just immediately transform four colleges into four remote uh, instruction and service providing institutions. Um, organizationally, we didn't have our communication protocols in place. Uh, now, we had regular communication protocols in terms of these are how you do announcements and those different types of things. Um, but communication protocols in, at the time of an emergency, we were putting together a list of phone numbers and, you know, um, responding to issues, you know, in the moment. Uh, so it told me that those are some things that we could have in place so that in the middle of the emergency, we're not putting some basic things in place. Um, we weren't prepared in terms of the websites and the websites still aren't. Um, you know, our websites need a lot of work, but but when you are transforming your institution to remote learning, then it's imperative because that becomes the front door for the students. It becomes the front door for the community. So, you know, there was just organizational preparation that we needed to have. And we had not, um, we had not had to think about you know, what do you do if you can't continue to offer a class that is a face-to-face class It's based in, you know, labs or based on having access to equipment or based on uh, interacting. So you have nursing classes that have requirements that you participate in clinical uh, rotations and uh, only a certain percentage could be done through simulations. And so we had not had the what if conversations like at, at no point um, do I think that I actually f- considered that you couldn't convene is uh, for instruction and services face to face. But as the pandemic began to grow, particularly in the U.S., and as I watched uh, the response of the leadership of the U.S., particularly, I should say, lack of response, uh, then I became, I began to be, uh, quite frankly, fearful for us because um, you could, many people think it's not possible because it seems so much like a movie. I mean, we all saw Dustin Hoffman and Rene Russo in Outbreak, and, you know, in about an hour and 45 minutes, they solved the world pandemic, and um, they find the vaccine or the antidote, and uh, even Renee Russo and Dustin Hoffman take off their masks and kiss each other, and then everything is fine. Uh, but I, I recognize that pandemics don't don't respond that way. That was just the movie, and a lot of people perhaps uh, cannot anticipate the the significance um, of the way in which you know the pandemic would grow, and so. I think that a little bit of a lot of deniability that was going on, uh, and a lack of uh, a lack of cons- a lack of re- regard for science, and the dismantling of the infrastructure that was put in place in order to decrease the impact of pandemics across the world, much less in the United States. All of that was dismantled, you know, for you know, under the political machinations of our of our nation, and so. When I started, when I when I saw it, I, I realized, oh, this is this is going to be bad. Now that might be informed a little bit by you know the fact that I have you know 
a, a background in nursing, and so I'm, uh, I'm I'm not new to understanding and reading, you know, information, uh, epidemiological information. But uh, I I began to get very afraid for the nation, and and quite frankly, for I, I thought that what we saw coming was nothing short of you know what the nation experienced with the plague but that sounds so long ago and it sounds so impossible in today's times uh because in reality if we were responding a certain way then it could have been contained but at one point uh when the language or the narrative was containment is futile I walked into my leadership meeting and I said, we have to think, and this was in February. I said, we have to think as if we have to announce tomorrow that we cannot come to these campuses, that we cannot be out and about. And it didn't take but a couple of weeks before we were in fully sheltering in place. So, so the, we leaders come from a multitude of backgrounds, but at this moment, I, I imagine there's a quite a few campuses and institutions thinking, "Wow, I wish our leader had a background in healthcare." <laughs> I don't know about that because you know, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I, you know, it was helpful to be able to draw on thinking processes, but it's so much more um, navigating the. Um, the anxieties or the the responses and you know it is much much more uh, to have to navigate all of the different um, things that come before you while giving assurance while making sure you're trying at least trying to make sure you make the best possible decisions talk to the right people get the right voices in in the room um yeah it typically you know in in many at least my experience in healthcare is you know there are assumed and standard protocols even in emergencies yeah. um but i don't think there's anything standard about this yeah 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 well you talked a little bit earlier about surprises what what have been some of the some of the surprise i mean in, in some ways it's all a surprise right but what yeah. have been some of the surprises well, I, I would say there have been some pleasant surprises and some wow surprises. You know, pleasant surprises include the ways in which talents of uh, people who were in the organization were just called out and they completely transformed the way I saw them, uh, the ability to do what I call move mountains, make significant changes. I could be meeting with them, we did a lot of Zoom meetings or we were doing a lot of Zoom meetings. And we could be talking as late as four o'clock in the afternoon about a particular issue that required them to, you know, meet with 35 faculty and get certain things done and agree to certain things. And, you know, by the way, uh, connect with all of the vice presidents at each of the four colleges and stuff. And then we would have our meeting at eight o'clock in the morning and done. Wow. It would be done. And so I, I started seeing um, what might could be called some of the hidden talents of uh, people that were in the, or that are in the organization. Um, in, in terms of, you know, pleasant surprises, it was how quickly we could move. I mean, if I stop and think about it, in a week and a half, and we got some, you know, pretty enough to do, but in a week and a half, we transformed four colleges into completely remote pro colleges that deliver instruction and services remotely. That would have been a eight year initiative. <laughs> well, let me, let me rephrase much longer. I, I can remember uh, when I was the vice president of instruction at a previous institution, uh, it took me two and a half years just to get the um, I get see CSU breath courses to on, online such that a student who wanted to could complete their I get see uh, CSU breath requirements all online. You know, 
seven months of it was negotiating with ACCJC for a sub change and, you know, negotiating the curriculum processes at the college and trying to figure out how do you get the activity course on. I mean, and, and that was something that, you know, I had the pleasure of working with 10 years ago. And then even though you had that ability, I don't know that there were really any students in the institution that used it as a mechanism for completing their agatsi. And I don't know that the institution marketed it a certain way. And I don't know that there were there weren't necessarily student support services built around it, you know. So that and that was, you know, that was 10 years ago that, well, I'll keep saying 10 years, but actually it was much more because the time is passing faster than I want it to. <laughs> For all of us. Yeah. <laughs> For so, all of us. So that to see us be able to transform the institutions that way, you know, has been a pleasant surprise. Um, another surprise has been. Um, the responsiveness of the state chancellor's office. Now, I don't mean to say that disparagingly, not that I should be surprised that they would be responsive. It's just that initially, I don't know that any of us, including the state chancellor's office, had had an, uh, an, an idea of how significant this would impact the entire system. And so the initial responses were, uh, you know, more communication responses, but not, you know, not much more. And I remember being at the CEO meeting and uh, the chancellor for the system spoke and I was, and, and we were asking questions, but I was in my, this is coming fear mode. Uh, and I don't know that, that, you know, everybody was at that point, but people were concerned. And so the responses that we were getting back from the chancellor at that time, I was thinking, I don't think it's landed how significant this is going to affect us. And, you know, the truth is, I don't want to second guess the chancellor. It probably had landed with him. and But, you know, he's trying to manage an entire state. You know, I'm just worried about my little section over here in Peralta. But I would say within three days of us getting home, the way in which the state chancellor's office started to respond, I was grateful. The The resources that were available, the guidelines that were available, the the talk, the ways in which they talked us through, you know, details of, you know, guidelines for giving grades and, you know, things that we could go and work with our faculty and, you know, or negotiate if we had to negotiate that we could, that we had some resources that had been collected. And so I saw the real benefit of a system office be providing, you know, that kind of resource um, and support for the colleges uh, in the state. So I don't, I don't, I don't, I hope that's that saying that was a pleasant surprise was not, is not uh, a backwards compliment, but I really do, do appreciate the way in which the chancellor's office responded and the leadership that uh, Mr. Oakley took uh, in this. I think uh, yeah, that's been a similar response all over the state from practitioners uh, at all levels uh, yeah. sending them guidance um, and, you know, telling them where to find it has been very relieving. Yeah. It's amazing. The, the red tape can melt away. The red tape that sometimes can uh, paralyze us in an emergency mm-hmm. situation, it's gone. It's gone. We don't need that. Right. <laughs> so yeah, that's been really pleasant too. Yeah. Um, the other, other thing I would say is that, you know, this, my surprises were, I, I imagined, uh, and I don't know where I got this from, but I had imagined that, you know, if you work from home, it would be a little different, you know, you have a little work-life balance. It'd be a little different uh, pace of things. Well, I was right. It is a different pace. I sit down for a Zoom meeting starting at seven o'clock in the morning. I will get up this evening at 6.30. Oh my goodness. And it, we, I, I, I didn't, I wasn't psychologically prepared for that, but I hadn't also physically prepared for that. So we, I realized, so for an example, my wife is here. And I, one day she, I sat down and she came down and she's also doing the same thing. Mm-hmm. And, but she had a chance to fix some breakfast and she brought me some breakfast while I was Zooming, right? So I did the thing, stopped my video, ate while I Zoomed. And it wasn't until she brought me lunch at one that I realized I haven't even gotten up to take a break. Wow. Yeah. So because it was Zoom meeting after Zoom meeting after Zoom meeting. And so just 
the fact that you lose boundaries at work, you at least get up and walk from one meeting to another, or you you shift, you're talking to somebody differently, or you walk out of one room into another room, you lose all of that and the day just flows through, you know? So that was a little bit of a surprise for me, though I'm getting much better at it. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. So, and we, then we, lastly, I do want to say one of the other surprises um, Naomi, please. Uh, is the ways the manifestations of uh, fears and anxieties that people would have with uncertainties, and what I mean by that uh, is the response that we've had. In many ways, people come together, they step up, they're doing certain things, uh, and you know the the faculty that are in the instructional areas and student services areas have been phenomenal you know, working with the vice chancellor of academic affairs and the vice presidents and they're transforming their classes and moving things online, et cetera. The, it's been interesting though, to see uh, one, the, um, the union's response, um, and not just the faculty, but, but the uh, classified unions as well. And um, because they have, you know, they've started to develop, they, they had fears that their people wouldn't be protected. So I'll give you an example. We said early on, all employees will continue to get paid. Even student workers, all employees will get paid. The union sent us notes demanding to negotiate that all employees get paid. Yep, all employees will get paid. People sent us emails and saying, we, we haven't heard from the administration. We don't know if we're gonna get paid or not. Are we, are we gonna lose our salaries? We put out announcements, we put out updates. All means all. Understand that you had some questions about all. All means all. Every employee who is getting paid right now, scheduled and assigned to work right now will continue to get paid. I can't tell you how many times all the way up until uh, I don't know, day before yesterday, have we gotten messages from union, the union that says, would the administration please, uh, we demand that the administration clarify that all employees will be paid. <laughs> I don't know how else to say it. <laughs> and we know we even had a little thing where we said all means all, <laughs> you know. <laughs> We announced it at the board meetings. We put it in announcements so that get distributed throughout. You know, it, it's on the website. <laughs> so, you know, just what that means to me, I don't think they're meaning to do anything or they're not, I don't think they're meaning to be difficult. I think it's a manifestation of fears or anxieties. Uh, I mean, I certainly have it. Who knows what's going to happen? You know, and then not everybody is in the same positions. You know, uh, those of us who will continue to get paid, for an example, don't have to worry about the mortgage. But there are many people that do have to worry about their rent or their mortgage or how they're going to buy groceries or the kids, you know, take care of the kids. So they have to ask that question and be sure, you know. Yeah. So I, I don't criticize it. It's just that that's I would say that's one of the surprises that I that I I should have been ready for, but I wasn't. Yeah. Yeah, and all the leadership advice that we we read about about over communicating, it's uh, you over communicated, <laughs> but people yeah. are afraid. Yeah, yeah. So uh, well, to... you know, in terms of that advice, I can tell you, um, what I do understand now is no matter how much you communicate or you think you're communicating, um, it's not enough. Yeah, it's not enough. Um, we, we got out early. We started sending out updates. We started talking to people. The primary issue and criticism that we're getting is that we, we're not talking to people or that we are not communicating with people. So I started developing these uh, collaboration timelines to show uh, that we are meeting with people, getting voices in the room, getting things done. We're not sitting over in an office making these making these decisions. And so, for an example, the faculty orchestrated a um, a protest at the board meeting uh, this week because of the change in the email uh, distribution permissions, and um, which is you know it's it's a legitimate uh, 
thing for them to, you know, express their disdain for or dislike for. But uh, person after person, you know, for 25 people stood up and said, you know, the community, the, the administration is not talking to anybody. They're off in a room making these decisions and we know our students. And because I had been getting those kinds of things, I started having the administrators provide with me their collaboration uh, that they had been doing and who they were talking uh, to and who was part of the decisions and that kind of stuff. And so, and I do that weekly. And I, have, and I provided a collaboration uh, graphic for the board that showed that just in that one week, we had talked to and worked with and collaborated with 607 people. But, and of, of course that's duplicated count because in some, okay. some of the people are the same people that go from that meeting to this meeting. But it doesn't matter that we had over 500 people that we've been collaborating with, communicating with, been a part of the decision-making, been a part of putting the things together. The narrative and the, the persistent, and I believe that they believe it narrative. Uh, I don't believe that they're just trying to, you know, criticize the, the administration, even though I do think that's that's part of it, but I believe that they really do believe that we're not talking to people. And it might be because if they themselves, the individual, let's say faculty leader is not in the room, then they may think that it's not going on because until the administration turned in the things that they were doing, I didn't know who they were collaborating with, who they were meeting with. I didn't know that. So how could others know it? You know, except the 35 people that are in the room that are developing the distance learning, blah, 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 or the seven people that are in the room that are hammering out the grade stuff to take back to the Senate, you know? So I can see why they might think that it's not happening, but it's just not true. Well, it is one of the unique things about this crisis is that we're, we're connected in such different ways and it's so, it's, it, it, it feels very individual. You know, I, I know my neighbors are there, but I, I'm not hanging out with them. I know my yeah. colleagues are there, but we're not, you know, we're not in the same room. We're not, I, I don't see them in passing. Um, and, and so that's definitely, you know, in, in the similar way that the meetings all kind of blur together and make the yes. time in the day go strange. It, it also, it, 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 it's so individual, like, like we're in little pods or something. And yet we know mm -hmm. everybody around us is, is also communicating and doing things. Well, it was so funny because I was on a phone call yesterday and I was talking to my uh, director of marketing communications and public relations. And we were trying to figure out something that his staff member had done. And I literally said, well, is she right there with you? You know, meaning, isn't she at her desk right next to you? You know, right, right. <laughs> recognizing that nobody's at the site, but I just completely, you know, like, <sighs> I, you know, I hadn't, I, I hadn't adjusted to our reality that we're all individually working, but it, it doesn't take much to, to, uh, to realize it when, you know, we zoom with Camille, our granddaughter and, and I realized, okay, it has been three weeks since I've held that child. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that now I'm, I'm starting to get, this is, this is starting to get really hard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Dr. Stanbexter, I, I promised you this would be quick, and we've we've gone a little over quick. Do you do you have time for another question or two? I do. Okay. What advice would you give for other college leaders right now? So, um, part of that advice is the communication conversation I just had, uh, and uh, recognize that you you have to say it and then say it and then say it and then say it. And then write it and write it and write it and then, you know, over and over again. Um, I guess the other part of the advice, which I, you know, have to, I have to uh, keep myself focused on as well, is to recognize that uh, it's not necessarily personal. Um, people will be concerned and they will, uh, they may even lash out. Um, but it is, it is about the, the issue and the anxiety and the fear and the re real, the real uh, issue that they're facing, uh, and and you, it's not you personally. So I have to keep that in mind when I'm, you know, being yelled about, yelled at about, you know, how we don't care about somebody or we we only care about ourselves or some of the regular administrative 
some of the regular tropes, tropism that come out about, you know, the shoulder structural and regular tensions uh, between constituencies. Any, anything dis- different for a, for a district leader versus an a individual college, or is it all kind of similar orientation? Um, well, in, in many ways, it's, it's not different than in a non-emergency, and that, that is to recognize your executive uh, level team and what they bring to the table, but also to strategically use their connections and their relationships with their particular campuses in order to, uh, in order to uh, move these mountains. Um, so, I, you know, I don't have to tell a, a single chancellor that. That's how we live, you know. <laughs> they know. Thank you for that. And very, very last question, potential positive outcomes from this crisis? Yeah. Um, one, every college across the state now probably has a pretty robust online program. <laughs> <laughs> this is true. <laughs> More faculty in the state and the California community colleges are prepared to teach online or getting prepared or getting trained. Professional development opportunities have been mobilized and now exist on these institutional campuses and, and have been shared across the state. Student services that typically is not online, more robust student services. We've actually figured out how we can do those certain type of student services on, online. Um, there will be a lot of improved websites and announcements and communication tools across the state. Uh, and for me, a real positive outcome has been um, kind of a renewed appreciation for the uh, system level office and and. Uh, the role that they could and should play, quite frankly, even in the event of, even in non-emergencies across the state. So that's been a real, really uh, positive outcome. Nice. Nice. Yay. Well, I'd like to end on a positive note. Dr. Stanbeck-Strad, thank you so very much for your time. I really appreciate it. And this will be out. uh, I know I've been saying that for about a year now, but this really will be out quite soon. (laughs) All right. All right, Naomi. Thank you. It's always a pleasure to talk to you. Thank you so much. Take care. Take care. Bye-bye. Each of these leaders stressed communication and over-communication. President Curry has a straightforward list for leaders to follow. President Shabazz is relying on his amazing team. And Chancellor Stanbeck Stroud is happily surprised to find the crisis revealing some hidden talent. If there are any silver linings, it's the melting of red tape and the speed of innovation in our system and our practice.